And I'm doing the intro now because welcome to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. Your weekly stop I kind of scared you there, didn't I? You did. I was like, uh, coming in hot. Yes, talking about movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. Hi, I'm Deer in Headlights, aka Matt. Uh, this is Mike. Thank you for joining us. Hey, it's March the 18th, as you mentioned in the pre-show, uh, day after St. Patrick's Day. So hope all of you are um, eating something greasy this morning and sopping up all that alcohol. Uh, Drinking the, chocolate milk. Yeah, whatever. You know, whatever your cure mm-hmm. is, the Pedialyte, etc. Um, thank you for joining us. This is episode 375. That's a good number. Yep, it's 375. This is our post-Oscar wrap-up show. That too. So we will get to that in the movie section. We'll talk about everyone who won there. Yeah. Uh, we'll also have the wrap-up of The Last of Us when we get to TV. Yes. And you played a video game. Yeah, well, a demo. But okay. we'll get there too. But before we get to all of that, mm-hmm. we got to get to the music section. We have to. And we start music with the billboard, and we start the billboard with the Hot 100. Uh... And we got to talk about last night. So... Uh... We were fearing that this would happen. We knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of time, and here it is. It's uh, a dark day for the billboard. Well, technically, last night was also a dark day for some of us <laughs> out drinking. Well, yeah, but... If you went out drinking at St. Patrick's Day, then you probably heard Last Night <laughs> by Morgan Wallen. Gross. Your number one song. Yeah. At two, Flowers by Miley Cyrus. At three, Kill Bill by SZA. Coming in at four, Die For You by The Weeknd and Ariana Grande. And rounding out your top five, Boys A Liar Part 2 by Pink Panthers and Ice Spice. So basically, Morgan Wallen debuts at number one, and Die For You moves kind of down to four, and then the rest basically just moves shuffles. down the spot. So, so yeah, nothing too, too special this week. As for your billboard, as for your albums, your billboard 200. Yep. Uh, number one. Is One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen, debuting at number one. At two, SLS by SZA. At three, Mañana, Sara Bonito by Carol G. Coming in at four, Red Moon in Venus by Callie Uchis. And rounding out your top five, Midnight's by Taylor Swift. I wonder if Midnight's is going to get a tour bump uh, in the coming weeks. I mean, her Taylor's versions could get a tour bump. Right, yes. Uh, some This isn't news, so I might as well say it now. Um, she dropped some stuff. She dropped some um, additional singles uh, to add to her growing collection of From the Vault uh, songs. One uh, lost track from the Lover era, a couple re-records of um, some previously not recorded songs, like If This Was a Movie, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Safe and Sound, originally performed by the Civil Wars. Uh, she now has her own version out. Not that safe and sound. No, not the not the, the one you're thinking. Not capital the cities. Uh, capital, capital cities, yeah, Atlas cities. genius, no, whatever it is. Different. Anyways, um, so yeah, uh, that may impact the charts, but for now we have to deal with Morgan Wallen's ass. So I mean, he practically engineered this album, just like the last one, to be number one on this chart. It has 36 fucking tracks. Oh, so it is going to be on here for a while because of just the sheer volume of. Numbers, just he did the math, yes. basically, to but, borrow your term. But with 36 tracks, notice he only has one in the top five, Correct. unlike Taylor Swift, who had one right. through ten. 
when a midnight premiere. So he's not going to pull something up like that. <laughs> However, it is important to note, though, all 36 of his uh, tracks did land somewhere on the Hot 100. So uh, they did really well, but, um, yeah, not... But we'll see. He's how, not, he ain't Taylor. So he pulled a Drake, then. He pulled a Drake. Okay. That's more in line with Morgan Wallen, I guess. <laughs> yeah, somehow. <laughs> if you didn't like Morgan Wallen or any of those albums, <laughs> we have new releases. Mm-hmm. Starting with uh, Since I Have a Lover by Six Lack. <laughs> I want to say it's black. But I think so, six. but it's a six instead of a B. Yeah. Yes. Uh, would you go with an eight then? Because that's more of a B? Hey, I, I, hey I don't, ask me. Okay. Ask Six Lack. Six Lack. All right. Uh, we also have The Other One by Baby Metal. The Art of Forgetting by Caroline Rose. Memento Mori by Depeche Mode. Yes, yes that, that Depeche, Depeche Mode. Mode. <laughs> so much for Stardust by Fallout Boy. Yeah, yes, that Fallout Boy. <laughs> uh, face. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Face. Yeah, it's all caps. All caps. Yelling at your face by Jimin. Yes, Jimin of BTS. This is his first solo record. Oh, this is that face. Yes. Okay. This is that Jimin. Yes. <laughs> uh, we also have 93696 by Liturgy. Is that a zip code? If it is, it's not on this planet. <laughs> and rounding out your new releases. <laughs> Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? By Lana Del Rey. So Lana, I didn't, but Christy did, actually, uh, because she's been in Long Beach longer than I have. Yes. Yes, this is specifically referring to there is actually a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard in Long Beach. Fun fact. Not to be confused with Ocean Avenue. No, no, it's very different. That's the place where, you know. Yes, that's the place <laughs> where you get the yellow card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could find you now. Things would be better. Anyways, no, Ocean Boulevard. No, that's, also, uh, that's right there Long on the Beach. corner of Cherry Street. Well, there's, it's funny because there's actually a cross street between Cherry and Ocean in Long Beach, too, but it's a different Cherry and Ocean. Yes. Yeah, fun fact. Uh, anyways, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll listen to the Lana. I don't know. I'm curious. I want to know if there's any more fun facts about Long Beach on this record. Or it's just all Long now Beach Now that I live sounds. there, yeah. Now that I live there, I'm curious. What, Lana, tell me. Tell me more. Uh, T- tell me something that Incubus <laughs> hasn't already told us. And no, I have, even though I live there, I've not seen Lana. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to she you. More wear- Snoop Dogg. <laughs> you know, two, two, the two people you think you would run into in Long Beach, I have not run, run into yet. Well, that's because Snoop Dogg's hanging out with the L.A. Kings as they're <laughs> making their L.A. We'll get to playoffs okay. later. Okay. <laughs> in the meantime, though. In the meantime, we got to talk about music news. Yes. And as you mentioned, Taylor Swift drops yes. new singles in anticipation for her Eras tour, which kicked off last night. Yes, it was like Taylor Swift Christmas yesterday. We had some gifts under the tree when we woke up, and then everybody looked forward to, well, everybody who got tickets, uh, to uh, see her first uh, day stop in uh, Glendale, Arizona. Yep, uh, alongside the opening performances of Gale. Yes. And the only performance of the tour right. by Paramore. Correct. Uh, so Taylor kicked off her Eras tour in Taylor, Arizona. Sorry, yes. What was it? Swift City, I think they called it. Yeah. Yes. Which I was like when I tweeted, and I'll repeat the joke here because it didn't get enough love on Twitter, is Glendale Taylor's version was right there. Come on. (laughs) Anyway. So Swift City, Arizona, formerly Glendale for (laughs) one day. For just for a week, I think. A week. Uh, With a staggering 44 (laughs) songs, nearly three-hour performance, Uh which was preceded, as mentioned, 
by 20 minutes by Gale and 45 <laughs> minutes by Paramore. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry, Taylor. But, like, let your opener... If your openers are, are going to be there, let them breathe a little bit. Poor Gale. Maybe she just doesn't have that long of a set. I don't know. I don't want to speak for her. But I would assume she would want a little bit more time to play a giant arena probably for the first time in her career. Well, I mean, as <laughs> someone who's been to giant arenas to yeah, watch uh, opening acts, uh, uh-huh. not a whole lot of people are there for the opening I acts. I would imagine they're there for Taylor, though. Well, they're like, at least there for Paramore. Well, yeah, especially. And Paramore only got 45 minutes, which yes. is like still pretty short. They have a lot more songs that they could have done. Oh, yeah. However, they I would say just give them that they the just other, came out with, right, too. Give them the other extra 15 and just let them go by an hour. Like, t- Taylor doesn't have to start at 8. In fact, she started at 8.05, to be fair. Uh <laughs> Not 808 with heartbreaks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that she particularly does not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> she of all people. <laughs> Unless she goes straight into um, uh, into um, uh, this is why we can't have nice things after. Anyways. Oh, is that the song you watched? <laughs> thinking about? That was the first one I thought of when I was thinking about. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with innocence. Kanye. I thought about innocent, and I was like, nah. No, no innocent. She doesn't want to be nice to him anymore. I bet she doesn't do innocent the entire time. All right. Anyways, Anyways, what she did do. Yes, as expected, though, her set list spanned almost every era. You know, I have almost, but actually I need to remove almost there. It, was, it did actually hit every era. Uh, so it spanned every era of her career, even her debut, which was represented by the acoustic performance of the first song on the first yep. album, Tim McGraw. It was the only song off debut she did. She did not play our song. Uh, well, to borrow a ridiculous sentence from yes. the Variety story. I had to include this. Quote, long story short, those things Swift performed tonight are on holy ground, and the rest <laughs> will just have to tolerate it. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so yeah, um, seems like people uh, really enjoyed it. It seemed like a really solid set. She did a lot of the ones that people were hoping that she would do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, there was a theory, a running internet theory, that she was going to skip Evermore. Did not happen. She played several songs off of Evermore. Okay. So the Evermore people, like me, were happy. Um, and she played Enchanted. And all the, honestly, that's all I wanted, uh, was to make sure Enchanted was going to be in, in at least one of the shows. So I'm happy. I just want to see footage of it. Someday. Maybe. Some, somehow. I double-checked, and there's still no uh, uh, available available tickets for SoFi. And I'm like, man. You just gotta show up. Just gotta show up. Someone's gonna have a ticket. (sighs) August, so far away. Anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, if you want more Taylor talk, it just so happens that here at the Media Boat Podcast, we've got that covered. We have hours of Taylor Swift discussion waiting for you on our podcast feed, thanks to our March Madness Taylor Swift Eras Tournament that is ongoing. Yes, our Taylor's Tourney continues yes. we've gone through three of the four eras that we've kind of designated yeah. for taylor swift or made up eras. um Oops. our this yeah. upcoming wednesday will be the fourth and final era that yes. we will cover the modern era so if you're a recent taylor convert this is where you might want to start we're going to talk about folklore evermore and midnights on this coming up podcast but if you're a classic fan we've already done those go back into our feed and you can listen to us talk about the songs on the debut album, Fearless, uh, Speak Now, Red, 1989, Reputation, and Lover. So check that out. Because you're living in the future. You yes. can go listen to that <laughs> right now. I don't know the time to 
bring that out. Uh, but yeah. Oh, when they go listen to it, they will hear it, and they will like, <laughs> oh, that's what he's referencing. But yeah, check out our podcast feed. Just search Media Book Podcast in your podcast feeds. We'll plug it again at the end. But for now, let's uh, go from uh, Taylor Swift to another uh, uh, enemy of Ticketmaster. The Cure. Yeah. So the Living Hell concert ticket buying loomed into the foreground again this week. Yes. But this time... It was not millions of clamoring for a limited number of Taylor Swift tickets or Bruce Springsteen tickets, Mm -hmm. but rather attempts by long-running British alternative band The Cure to avoid gouging fans for its forthcoming Lost World North American tour. While the group had managed to avoid such controversial policies as platinum packages and variable pricing, frontman and founder Robert Smith was appalled to see hefty service fees added to the cost of verified fan tickets, which are intended to protect fans by keeping tickets out of the hands of scalpers for the tour. Quote, I am as sickened as you all are by today's Ticketmaster fees debacle. Uh, To be clear, the artist has no way to limit them. I have been asking for, I've been asking how they are justified. If I can get anything coherent by way of an answer, I will let you know. So he did this in a series of all caps tweets. It's important to know. Yes. Uh, Robert Smith um, always been um, a real great guy, and he's just proving it again here. Um, just speaking for all these bands who are probably frustrated with how they've handled it. I saw a screenshot as an example of how basically what's happening here, one. where the tickets were $20 each. Reasonable, yeah. right? But then the fees added another, what, additional 40-something dollars? Uh, it was an additional $23. Yeah. So the whole ticket itself yeah. came out to be like 43 and change. But you, so, yeah, you were basically paying twice, two times the amount that the, of the face value of the ticket just on fees alone. So, yeah, I don't blame him for getting angry. And I think it's very cool that he's being as transparent as he is. If you actually go onto his feed, mm-hmm. uh, there's even stuff beyond this story where he's trying to break down exactly what his experience with the band was negotiating with Ticketmaster about well, how this was going to go. And walking through this process, I think, has been enlightening for a lot of people and being like, oh, this is how it works. This is how Ticketmaster does business. I think it will be very interesting to have this like, like evident, anecdotal, but still evidence um, when they go into doing more hearings at the, in, um, in, at the Senate. Uh, talking about Ticketmasters. Put them under oath and say, um, Robert Smith tweeted all of this. Yeah. What do you have to say? Is this exactly what happened? They're going to have to say, hey, this yes, we talked to Robert Smith and this is how it went. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting wrinkle to the case. And so, yeah, it was kind of weird clandestine that we had this story hitting this same time as uh, Taylor Swift's tour is actually starting. It's kind of a good confluence of Ticketmaster in everybody's brain again. So mm-hmm. hopefully this adds some heat to that and we get some movement. Because I, geez, because I can't imagine. I can't imagine being an artist who just genuinely wants to go on tour and wants people to see them. And, and such a classic legendary band, too. Like, to have it happen to them mm-hmm. is embarrassing on Ticketmaster's part. Like, they've got to make this better. I mean, you'd think that, but <laughs> it's a business and they're yeah. going to price gouge when they can. That sucks, man. It just sucks. Yeah. I don't know. It just sucks. It just does. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me something that doesn't suck. Uh, yeah. Uh, I listened to an album to this week. Um, so how familiar are you with 100 Gex? Um, I did not know there were 100 Gex. <laughs> There's so many. 
Uh, so Hunter Gex are a duo um, who basically makes, I guess you could call it like, like electronic, but like experimental electronic music. Okay. They're all over the map. They're really hard to classify, really, because even though I said that, there's a lot of guitars. And there's a lot of homage to like stuff that they grew up with. There's a lot of references to heavy metal, ska. So is um, it like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard then? But less psychedelic. Okay. Um, more just like... Imagine if you were listening to a song that sounds like starts this uh, starts sounding like a guitar riff from a Sum Forty One song, mm-hmm. and then halfway through it starts blipping and blooping like an EDM song, and then oh yeah, and then there's like a ska outro. <laughs> That's One Hundred Gex. They're ridiculous. So they their first album One Thousand Gex came out a handful of years ago, kind of shocked and confused people, and it became kind of an underground sensation. They've since signed to Atlantic. This is their first uh, major label record. And it's just 10,000 gex. They just added, they just, uh, you know, multiplied. Um, so they add a zero, and they also add a little bit of production sheen. But otherwise, they are still the same 100 gex. This record is ridiculous. They've leaned harder into every single weird thing about their brand. Um, there's some real weird stuff on here, but it's fun. Like I said, it starts with a song that kind of has some 41 vibes and then kind of, as the record goes on, it gets more like, more like varied and all over the map. Um, It's, I even, I'm struggling to even describe some of the stuff here. Their lyrics are classically very strange. There's a song about like a serial killer on here. There's a song, (laughs) there's, there's a song that likens, um, like a, that sounds like a love song, but was is really or like a breakup song, but it's really about some about about like a a, a sore tooth. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bizarre time, but it's enjoyable. I had a good time with it. It's just you like all the chaos and confusion. Yeah, it's chaotic. It's sure. the best term for it. Um, it's just wild. I don't even. Yeah, I can't even say it. Uh, I recommend giving it a shot. Although I imagine there's going to be a, probably a breaking point for some people out here. <laughs> there's a song called One Million Dollars that is literally just the phrase One Million Dollars repeated over and over again by different AI voices. Okay. So the TikTok lady is, uh, voice is there. Like, you know, traditional robot voice is there. Like, you get a lot of different, like, and it's just One Million Dollars over and over again while chaos is happening in the background. And there's, like, a breakdown and just, like, I think a lot of people are just going to be like, absolutely not. <laughs> so your your uh, endurance might be tested by this thing if you're not too familiar with their whole bit. Uh, but if you're in, this is just going to make you like the Gex better. I think it's uh, probably a better and more consistent record than the first one. Um, and yeah, it's just craziness. Absolute craziness. So Sounds like a fun time. There's the Gex. There's the Gex. <laughs> like All, 100 time. All 100 of those Gex. All right, so the next one's going to be 100,000 gex? Yeah, yeah. Just, they're they're working million. toward a million gex. Yes. You know that that's where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the only thing I listen to this week. Maybe next week we'll talk about Lana. I'm not sure. She's been really hit, hit or miss for me, so we'll see. Do we want to talk about those new Taylor Swift songs? Uh, yeah, we can briefly bring them up. I don't know if you listen to them. I listened to uh, two of them. One of them was uh, Meet Me at the Movies, or whatever yeah. it was called. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, it's a good, solid bonus track. Uh, when We Were the Movies, or... Yeah, or... Uh, yeah, something. If We Were the Movies. If We if Were, we, yeah. Or If This, if this if Were the, the movies, movies, I think is what it is. Yeah, it's like... Technically, it was a bonus track from the Speak Now era. Mm-hmm. That is not what Taylor's referring to it as. She's adding this to the Fearless yep. um, tracks, which makes sense because 
my guess is it was recorded somewhere nebulously between those two things, and so she didn't really know where to classify it, and she's not ready uh, to release Speak Now yet. So, <laughs> um, although the internet had an interest, the Swifties on TikTok had a theory. They think that, that she's purposefully putting this out before she does anything with Speak Now songs, so that way the entire package of Speak Now Taylor's version is just written by her, just like mm-hmm. Speak Now originally was, because I guess this track is, in, is a co-writing. Okay. So that's the theory. I don't know if there's any credence to that, but that's what the Swifties say. But yeah, um, I thought they were a pretty solid song. What was the one that had like weirdly like weirdly hard guitars? Uh, <laughs> I forget, but in one of the four songs she put out, I was like, what the hell is going on with this guitar line? And I thought it was the Atmos mix at first, but I don't know if it is. I think they just sound like that. And I was like, I'm going to have to re-listen to this at some point because uh, I was like, this was a Taylor Swift song. I don't remember even hearing the original one. <laughs> and whether it had his harsh, harsh mixing in it. I don't know if that's a Jack Antonoff choice. I don't know what's going on there. So, but yeah, I thought they were okay. All right. Yeah, fine. Okay, I only listened to the one, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Taylor Swift song titled The One. No, we'll get to that one we'll on Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Anyway, let's move on. Anyway, yeah, let's move on into video games yes. and we start with new releases. All right. Uh, starting with Deceive Inc. on the PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Uh-huh. Have a Nice Death. By, on the Switch and the PC. Storyteller on the Switch and the <laughs> PC. Uh-huh. Uh, Altelier Ryza 3, <laughs> colon, Alchemist of the End and the Secret Key <laughs> on the PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC. I have a question. Is this person the Alchemist of the End and of the Secret Key? Or is this Alchemist of the End and also the Secret Key? This is the, talking about the alchemist of the end, who happens to also have <laughs> the secret so key. So the first one, okay, got it. Anyway, but your two big releases. Yes, uh, is Chia <laughs> for the PS4, PS5, and PC. Uh-huh. This is also your PlayStation Extras, Extra. Yes, catalog game. So this is going to be free to people who already are paying for extra or premium PlayStation Plus. And that will be out on Tuesday. Okay. I will probably be streaming this on Wednesday. Cool. Uh, and then Resident Evil 4. Yes. For... 2023. The, yes. For the PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. I'll talk about it uh, later because I played the demo. But yes, I'm hoping to get a hand, my hands on the disc proper as well when this releases on Friday, I believe. So, yeah, look forward to me talking about it hopefully on Saturday, next week, for the podcast. Now it's time to double down, because mm. Diablo 4 <laughs> is on its way. Yeah. And Blizzard has acknowledged the long queue times yeah. players have faced when attempting to play this week's, or this weekend's um, Diablo 4 beta. Mm. So the beta, which is open for this weekend... For players who've pre-ordered and or <laughs> have eaten the KFC Double Down sandwich yes, to get the, a code. The Double Down, back from the dead and here to promote Diablo 4. Yes. <laughs> a sandwich. Because it's the devil sandwich. With like, two chickens and no bun. You know, the devil sandwich. Like the chicken is the bun. You <laughs> get more meat. Um, yes. Well, if you didn't get a code, next weekend it's going to be for everybody. Right, right, right. 
So Diablo 4 beta opened to queues of several hours for some players. Jesus Christ. Uh, players also reported that once they were able to get into the game, it crashed and <laughs> had an inability to connect with friends in order to play together that drawed the experience. Yeah. Now, Diablo's community manager has acknowledged this and thanked players for their patience. In a post to the Blizzard forums, Adam Fletcher wrote, quote, The team is working through some issues behind the scenes and have been affecting players and causing them to be disconnected from the servers. <laughs> for the time being, we are managing the rate of players entering the game until we have a full fix for the disconnection issues, end quote. Hmm. You know, coming from Blizzard, yeah. this sounds awfully familiar. They just can't catch a break for the life of them. Like, whether it's WoW expansions or Overwatch 2, they can't launch a game right. And it's plagued them forever, but especially recently. And this is, yeah, this is just sad. Everybody's forgetting their double downs, coming home, strapping in uh, with their greasy little fingers and trying to click on some demons. And their Baja and Blast. They can't get in. Baja Blast? Wait, no, sorry, no. That's Tales. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, I think of uh, like a Kentaco hut. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, if you can find one. You can find a Kentaco hut. Yeah, get the Baja Blast and the Double Down. Yeah. Really feel your heart <laughs> explode. Um, yeah, I mean, this sucks for people who are excited about Diablo 4. And a lot of people are reasonably excited about Diablo 4. Mm -hmm. I mean, it looks pretty cool. It's I'm even thinking about giving it a shot. 13 years, almost? Since uh, Diablo 3? Yeah. God, has it really? Go say Diablo 3 was 2010 or 2008. Oh, geez. I don't know if it's that old. Um, I, mean, 20, I don't know. It's getting it came there. out with the PS3 game out. Yeah, it's getting there, certainly. You're right. Uh, but yeah, needless to say, it's going to be a... Or not PS3. You're thinking PS4. No. What? That was a PS3 game. Yeah, I know. But like, not launch. So yeah, I'm guessing port. it was probably later then. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but yeah, this is kind of ridiculous. I mean, I get it. Online games are hard. Um, you have to do what you have to do if you know they're you're experiencing errors. And to a certain extent, this is what a beta is supposed to do. It's supposed to test load. This is why they're mm -hmm. doing it as slow, you know, slow release as opposed to everybody getting yes. it. This once. is why it's a beta so they can fix all the bugs. I get it, but at the same time, it is just a PR nightmare again. And they have how how many times do they have to go through this same stuff to like to, to, to only to try to fix it? and then lose completely all of their marketing momentum because of it. We watched it happen with Overwatch 2, and I imagine that Blizzard, the last thing they want for Diablo, one of their premier franchises, mm -hmm. to have the same thing. So we'll see. We'll see if it can survive it, and if the next week's beta uh, has better performance. I mean, it better because it's going out to all players next yeah. weekend. This is just everyone who had the yeah. code for it. It's going to be a lot of people angry. Yep, everyone uh, who pre-ordered or double down. Potentially, yeah. Double down. Delicious. I got. I gotta get myself one of those things. Those while we're so here, while, while it's here. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to miss it because I loved those things back in the day. Except I can't have it with the bacon anymore. I'm not. I know. And I'm bacon. On a, I'm in a, on a um, a feathers and fins situation with meat right now, and so. So that's how pigs fly. Got it. Yes, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I have been skipping the the beef and the the and the pork. So I'm like, man, but. Maybe they'll let me take the bacon off. Then I think it's just... I think without the bacon, it's, it's just, just sauce, cheese sauce cheese between two chicken. Honestly, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I'm still down. <laughs> I'm still down. I'm double down. Anyways, what's our second story? Anyway. <laughs> enough about that. Enough about that. Enough uh, about my poor 33-year-old heart. No. Let's, let's go to space. 
Yeah. With Starfield. Well, it's coming. In space, no one can hear your arrhythmia. In space, no one can double down for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Starfield, it's on its way. It's coming. And it's getting rated. Yeah, by by, Australia. Yes, because they do everything first over there. Yeah, I guess so. So, the Australian Classification Board has rated Starfield R18+. plus. Restricted rating due to its portrayal of drug use. Hmm. So, when rating games, the board breaks down each game into six categories. Sex, nudity, themes, language, violence, and drug use. Sounds like a party. Uh, It sounds like (laughs) uh, Supreme Court trying to decide where (laughs) pornography lies. Yeah, maybe. Uh, And... It rates their potential impact on players. It's an interesting way of doing it, I think. While its Starfield rating noted that there was no sex oh, man. and very mild nudity, okay. it also noted <laughs> a moderate impact for mm-hmm. themes and bad language, sure. as well as a strong impact for violence. I mean, I'd imagine. I mean, you're going to shoot people yes, in the head. In a shooter, it's going to have yeah. a strong impact for violence. <laughs> yeah. However... Under the drug use category, mm. the board gave its highest rating of high impact, pushing the game into an R18 plus classification. Now, it's not yet clear what this drug use entails yeah. or what it makes or what it so serves in the eyes of the Australian's rating board. I mean, this is Bethesda, so I imagine the mechanic works probably similar to the drugs, I'm using quotes, in the Fallout games, right? Where you're, you know, taking stuff to, like, temporarily buff your stats. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably what this is talking about. The question is, are these going to be future space drugs? Also, uh, how are you finding these drugs? If it's Fallout style, and you're just grabbing drugs right. anywhere, yeah. or just popping them in. I yeah, mean, you yeah. don't want... You, you might not want to promote that. I imagine that that's probably exactly what it is. Um, what it reminded me, though, of is that there was actually a discussion back... Wow, geez, speaking of, like, 13 years ago. 13 years ago in video games about, like, whether games should make up funny fictional names for real-life drugs. Because, I don't know if you know this, in a similar story to this for Fallout 3, there was a version of Fallout 3 that actually just straight-up named the drugs real drug names. Hmm. They ended up changing that and made up those fake names. Uh, for for their for their drugs instead, and I think that's what gave like saved them with an M rating here in the uh, the U.S. Um, uh, in comparison, uh, some Grand Theft Auto games actually got away with real drug names, uh, most notably Chinatown Wars on the DS. At the time, it was kind of controversial. It's like, oh, you're just straight up selling cocaine. <laughs> you just sell cocaine in this game. There's a mini game where you sell drugs and everything. I think the difference is you were selling them and not maybe and not using them. So maybe there's a difference. You were just between... a meal? Yeah, so there's a lot of questions about that kind of thing. And I honestly thought this was a conversation that we weren't going to have anymore. But here we are. In Australia, they're still very sensitive, I guess. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of questions. And this really, this story, what, the, what it does is it opens the door to wildly speculate about what these drugs are and how they're used in Starfield. I'm curious. Now, now we know speed. in um, like Bioshock and more recently Atomic Heart, right. where you need to stab yourself. Yeah, but with again, drugs. with fake ass drugs, with yes. fake ass names, and I wonder if it's just the names that are so such a a sticking point for some of these some of these plays. It would be really funny if they're just real life names, but with space in front of it. Space penicillin. <laughs> space 
Space speed. Space crack. Space weed. I'm gonna get my hands on some space weed. They really, really get you high. Stratosphere. Space insulin. Space insulin. <laughs> hey, at least, it, you know, at least the space insulin is kept under, like, a certain amount of money. Under $35. Yeah, 35 like, credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have better, better insurance than space. Anyways. Yeah, that's a, that's it for that story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, that's just the Australian rating. Has not been rated by the um, European board or by the, um, what, what's the U.S. board? The ESRP. The ESRP, yes. I just said it. Yeah, so I haven't been rated there. We'll see where it gets rated. Yeah, it's going to get an M rating. Probably. Not even, it's not even worth questioning it. <laughs> Skyrim got an M, come on. Skyrim got an M? Skyrim but was an M rated game. Yes. All right. Anyways. Anyways, let's talk about an actual M rated game. Yeah. Yes, the most M rated game. Yes. Well, well okay. maybe not. Resident Evil 4. So you played the demo. Yeah. Uh, so there is a demo out on all platforms that are going to get Resident Evil 4, I should say. So... PS5, Xbox, and uh, Series, or, or the, uh, the Series is in PC. You can download it. It's called the Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw Demo. And if that sounds familiar, then you're old. Because <laughs> they did the same thing back with the original Resident Evil 4. In fact, it's pretty much the same demo. Except not. And let me explain what that means. So, if you remember back in the day, the Resident Evil 4 demo pre-release was... Uh, basically, the first part of the game. The very, uh, not the very, is it the very first scene? I honestly don't remember. It's been a long time. Um, where you are basically, you are Leon, uh, sorry, rookie cop, Leon S. Kennedy. Um, I don't think he's a rookie here, though. Um, that was, that's Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes into a mysterious Spanish village. And, All right, so uh, this isn't Raccoon City, then. No, no, no. That's, that's. That's three. Two, yeah, that's two and three. Yeah. Um, no, this is in um, a Spanish uh, village, and you basically are tasked for uh, with finding the president's daughter. Um, you're basically tasked by the U.S. by the U.S. to find the U.S. president's daughter, and uh, yeah, and so you have only only to find though that there's some sort of plague, Las Plagas, that has come in and basically is turning everybody into zombies. But there's a catch in Resident Evil Four. The zombies are not like the zombies from the first three Resident Evil games. They're fast zombies. They're swarming zombies. They're zombies that will get up in your grill and run at you. These no are World, lo- World no War longer, Z zombies. Yeah, no longer shambling zombies, you know, that you can really wait and get that headshot. No, they're coming straight to you. And thus, Resident Evil 4 is a more action-oriented game. Um, and yeah, this demo just throws you right into it right away. You just walk into, t- like, the village... Immediately, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to stealth around these guys. It's like, right? Well, wrong, because if, at some point, you will get, like, into the, like, the sight of one of those zombies, and they will all swarm you. And the way that the game makes it a little easier for you is they give you some more melee options. Basically, there's a stagger mechanic where if you, like, hit a zombie in the head a couple times, um, it will stagger, and there'll be a button prompt. You go up to it and basically roundhouse kick it in the face and knock mm-hmm. it over. There's a lot of mechanics like that. Plus, you have a... Um, Unbreakable, or no, not an unbreakable, I believe. Wait, I don't remember. No, I think the knife in 4 is unbreakable. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, the, you have a knife uh, basically for, for close-up attacks in case you need it. No, maybe it is breakable. Uh, maybe I did break mine. Yeah, I think I did break mine. You have to re- did you have to restock? So yeah, there is a little bit of a crafting mechanic that's borrowed from um, the 
re-releases of of of, of two and three. Um, so there, you'll be getting like uh, gun gunpowder to make ammo and uh, stuff to make new knives, or picking up knives off of dead bodies and stuff like that. Um, the game looks amazing. It's super wet. It's raining, um, and it, everything is just that beautiful glistening, like uh, ray traced to hell and back. Uh, look to it. It looks great. Um, it feels just as good as I remember it feeling, except they've changed the um, the aiming so that we, you can move and shoot. And the original Resident Evil 4, it was literally a stop, and um, and there was like a, a laser sight on your pistol that you could aim. Mm-hmm. Here, it's a little bit more traditional, again, borrowing from the re-releases of 2 and 3. Um, and yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Um so yeah, uh, I'm at, and of course it's called the chainsaw demo for a reason. A uh, guy uh, basically comes in and chainsaw tries to chainsaw and massacre you, um, <laughs> and he's real scary. And uh, yeah, you basically have to dodge him and try to shoot him as many times as possible until a mysterious something happens, and they all like a bell chimes, and then all of a sudden the zombies don't care about you anymore. Dumb. They have to attend mass. They dumb. <laughs> yeah, and go into the chat and you're like, wait, what? And that's how the demo ends. Just, it ends with a big mass? Yeah, they all go, go into the church and leave you alone outside and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then the classic line that uh, Leon says after this happens, where's everybody going? Bingo? To church. He's <laughs> <laughs> turned to Hosier. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, so yeah. It's a fun demo. It's short, but uh, from what I understand, there's a lot of cool secrets. There's like a secret area with like a gun that you can unlock. Um, and yeah, um, the game's out next week, so I'm really excited to see what else they did with it. From all accounts, um, when reviews hit yesterday, is that it's a really, really good remake of that game. Okay. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to playing more of it. It's a fun little game. And yeah, like like I said off pod, it's got it got me to download Resident Evil Two Remake from a few years ago. I've been playing a little bit of that, and it's pretty cool, too. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I had never played the Resident Evil games, besides 4 and 5. And so going back in time and getting some like background on these characters is, has been fun. All right. So, yeah, that's my story. Anyways, plenty of other video games we should talk about. Um, I've finished both the games I have currently have that game cool. flag. Good. Um. I spent a lot more time on them than I actually wanted to. Mm, yeah. I, for both good and bad reasons. <laughs> um, but, as I mentioned, Ch- Chia is coming out on yes. Tuesday. You'll be playing some Chia we'll playing for some us. Chia. And I think I got some golf coming up because Ew. Masters are right around the corner. The and Masters. the new PGA Road to the PGA Tour game is coming up. Ooh. So I'm probably going to get that some golf when it comes in. in. Someone awesome. Goes to the links. Someone again. awesome goes back to the links. Yes, exciting. Exciting times. Yep. Yeah, cool. I'll look forward to that. In the meantime, let's do a pivot into the second half of the show. And let's start talking about television. And we always start television with the sports corner. And of course, the number one thing on everybody's minds right now is March Madness. It's time to get mad. Your number one seeds have been determined. Alabama. Houston. Purdue and Kansas. And at least one of them is no longer with us. Uh-oh, what already <laughs> happened? All right. So, um, we've already had three upsets uh, through the round of 64. Uh, the first one happened early Thursday with Furman defeating Virginia, 13th seed defeating the 4th seed. Furman. <laughs> Furman? Furman? 
Yep, firm air. We also have Princeton. Yes, Damn. at Princeton. Princeton. <laughs> number 15 seed, beating number two, Arizona. Damn. Harsh. 59-55. But your big upset came last night mm. with Fairly Dickinson University. Who? Exactly. <laughs> Fairly Dickinson. Good name. Defeated number one seeded Purdue Damn. to become only the second team, the second 16th seeded team to beat a number one in the first round. Wow, that's quite a quite a move. Yep, all because of Sean Moore. Not that Sean Moore. <laughs> <laughs> different, different one. Different Sean Moore. No, that guy was a blocking machine. Wow. They just go for the lane. He's like, nope, nope, get out of here. Nope, not gonna happen. Oh, uh, that was wow. such a fun game to watch. Well, cool. um, fun fact. Last season, Farley Dickinson only won four games. Damn. And they only got into this tournament on a technicality because the <laughs> team who won their tournament was in a transition period and they weren't allowed to participate. Wow. So they got in on a technicality and, hey, and ended up beating Purdue. I was going to say, hey, they're taking advantage of this opportunity, right? Like they're really in there to win it. They're really having their one shining moment. Yes, exactly. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> a few weeks. Bradley Band Tears. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, though, do you have a bracket? And if so, is it already broken? Oh, all uh, because of this, all brackets, <laughs> all brackets have been busted. Broken. Yeah, no one yes. isn't going to win this. Uh, yes, ESPN <laughs> reported that as of yesterday, 0%, of brackets survived. No one. No one is going to get this perfectly correct. Going into Friday's games... Uh, 0.9% still had a functional bracket. <laughs> but, once again, after the first round, nobody is safe. Jesus Christ. So that just goes to show the chaos and Seriously. the madness that occurs with these brackets. Seriously. So, um, all right, well, so uh, what do you think, do you foresee even more chaos happening? Yes, of course. <laughs> this is just the beginning. All right. This is where, like, you actually want to tune in to watch college basketball. Well, uh, stay tuned, I guess, and um, see the madness as it happens in real time. Next up, if you're more mad about hockey, and if you happen to be in the Boston metropolitan area, you'll be happy to learn that the Bruins have been the first to clinch their playoff spot. San Jose Sharks, meanwhile, well, too bad. They're the first to be eliminated from contention. So we knew that the Bruins were going to be uh, in the playoffs. Yes. They officially hit 11 losses, so... Mm -hmm. Goodbye to that record. Well, oh well. Oh well. But, a consolation, you're already guaranteed a playoff spot. That's pretty good consolation, if you ask me. Meanwhile, San Jose Sharks. Yeah. So how are your Los Angeles Kings doing? Uh, still one point behind the goddamn Vegas. Yeah, I saw that coming. <laughs> they're, they're neck and neck. They're close. Jonathan Quick is now 3-0 as a Golden Knight. <laughs> well, there you go. It's just not for you anymore. No, it's okay because if they don't, if they go one and two, uh -huh. they won't play each other until yeah. the finals. So much for your inside job theory. That is the inside job theory. <laughs> oh, you're saying that that means it's still still going. Yeah, still because not until they meet in the playoffs. <laughs> well, we'll see. We will see. Um, meanwhile, in the basketball, in the professional basketball world of the mm -hmm. NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks have clinched their playoffs in the Eastern Conference, and the Denver Nuggets clinched their playoffs in the Western Conference. Yep, uh, the first two teams from both conferences to clinch. Yep. Um, still, I think we talked about uh, people who were eliminated last week. 
uh, including like the, the Detroit Pistons. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll look forward to more winners and losers in basketball yep. soon. So hockey and uh, basketball starting to st- wrap up, starting to get in the playoff mode. So get ready for that. But if you uh, rather watch baseball, uh, there's spring training still happening. But most importantly, there's the World Baseball Classic. It ends Tuesday. We are going into the the semis here uh, with Cuba versus either the United States team or Venezuela. Yep, they play today as of this recording. The winner will play Cuba in the semifinals. And then we already have the second uh, semis decided, which will be between Team Japan and Team Mexico. Sorry, that's Team Otani versus Team Mexico? (laughs) You basically that team. No, no, there's other people that are doing really well on that team too. But this is an exciting matchup. I'm very curious. I have not had time, unfortunately, because of the way that they're shown. Mm -hmm. They're either late at night or in the middle of the day. I've not watched a whole lot of uh, World Baseball Classic, but I will try to watch some of these games. It's okay. Sixty percent of Japan watches it for you. <laughs> Damn! Of everyone in Japan, sixty percent of TVs tuned in That's to amazing. the uh, Japan South Korea game, which is the one before it. Yeah, I, I believe that. So yeah, national pride. Uh, well, good for them. I'm glad that Otani is doing so well again. It bodes extremely well for the season, as long as he doesn't hurt himself <laughs> or burn himself out. So let's see. But and yeah, as long as we're able to watch. As long as we're able to watch. So, Which is, yes, yeah. thank you for the segue, as our first story has to do with that. So this is a follow-up to, um, to what we kind of discussed a few oh. times here. And also, I feel super vindicated because I was 100% correct. Oh, yeah, you're totally right. Oh, yeah. I pick up the phone. Yeah, I can, I can pick up the phone here because, yeah, all the research I did paid off. Yes, no, this, this was... The going always happened this way. So we've been talking about the Diamond Sports Group, that is the Sinclair subsidiary that controls the uh, regional sports networks for 42 teams across baseball, hockey, and the NBA. So we had mentioned before that it was in all likelihood that they would be filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The other shoe finally dropped. They have filed, as of Tuesday night, three days before the end of a 30-day grace period it entered into with creditors. Diamond, which has more than $8 billion in debt, said it, quote, intends to use the proceedings to restructure and strengthen its balance seat, which, yes, is the very definition of Chapter 11 bankruptcy, Mm -hmm. and that it, quote, "Um, the RSNs will continue to operate in the ordinary course during this process, exactly what I said that they would do. The company added that it possesses $425 million of cash in order to continue funding its business during the process. Major League Baseball is the league that is most, most directly impacted by Diamond's situation given that its season will begin in less than three weeks. The other leagues are wrapping up, which means that soon there won't be any negotiations. That mm-hmm. will be that basically will be punted, no pun intended, um, to another date. Yes. Uh, as we just mentioned, yeah. both hockey and basketball entering playoffs, yes. their seasons will end in April. So they only have like three or four weeks left. So to be exactly clear, so I did some reading on this to really understand how this works. Essentially... To have a team on their service, they make the deal with the team. Yes. Unlike, you know, organizations like the NFL, baseball is largely operated on, on a team-by-team basis. Mm-hmm. The team themselves negotiate for TV rights. This is not like the NFL, where it's the league doing those negotiations. Mm-hmm. So that means that each of these teams have separate deals with Diamond. So Diamond has the choice, or I guess, depending on the monetary situation, force that, like, something might force their hand 
to whether renew or decline to renew these individual agreements. So to this point, Diamond has made payments to all its sported teams, except, ironically enough, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes. <laughs> Other teams which run their broadcasts under the name Bally include the Detroit Tigers, Miami Marlins, Cleveland Guardians, Kansas City Royals, St. Louis Cardinals, Minnesota Twins, Cincinnati Reds, San Diego Padres, the Los Angeles Angels, Atlanta Braves, Texas Rangers, Tampa Bay Rays, and the Milwaukee Brewers. All those are yes. big city markets. Well, except maybe San Diego Padres, but right, yeah. they're now Slam Diego again. Yeah, and so. they, 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 all signs point to them having a spectacular season, Yes, especially with the Dodgers being weak. And they're also, from what I've from the research I've done, going to be hit incredibly hard if this deal falls through. Oh, yes. Because they are very reliant on having this package. Much in the same way that the Dodgers are very are heavily reliant on, <laughs> on the spectrum a package. spectrum package, yeah. yeah. So Diamond, now, as long as this is the case, must continue to pay them their rights fees. Otherwise, the teams would then have a free ability to go to somewhere else to make a contract with for TV rights. The league, and we didn't report on this because this was kind of happening in the background, but the league basically said um, that if they had to, if their hand was forced, they would, depending on the t- team situation, take on broadcasting for those teams. Mm-hmm. Now, they weren't specific with what that means. All they said is that they would try in the meantime until renegotiations happened to make those free. So if, for example... They cannot pay the Arizona Diamondbacks. What this is saying is that the league would then take that contract until the Diamondbacks made a deal with, say, a cable company, a streamer, etc. Until that happened, the league is basically guaranteed that they will put on YouTube, for example, um, the streams of the games. Or Apple TV because they have a deal. Right. Until that happens. Obviously, that means that it won't be free forever because eventually the negotiation will go through. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps Bally will recover and be able to buy that contract back. But again, the killer part here is that the season starts in two weeks. So you're looking at, like, if you're there, if you're an Arizona fan, you're right now being like, well, how the hell am I going to watch my games? You legitimately don't know because the league has not confirmed their solution yet. And Bally is saying, well, we're not paying them. So that's all we know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things are up in the air. But like I said before, most teams will still have their games telecast on Bally until they can't afford to do it anymore. And like this story says, $425 million have already been put aside to make sure that this goes on, that, that these broadcasts keep happening. And just to give you a little understanding of how big that debt is of $8 billion, mm-hmm. $425 million, sounds like a lot of cash. Yeah. 5%. Right. 5%. Of 8 billion dollar debt so yeah it's a small like uh kick in the bucket compared um so the other wrinkle here and the other shoe that has not dropped yeah we're looking at an octopus worth of shoes here yes um is whether or not the league is going to rethink blackout dates before the season starts Mm -hmm. seems like probably not seems like the deadline is coming in too hot for them to have made a decision yet i doubt it's going to be like a no pun intended, game time decision where all of a sudden the day before they're like, no blackout done, AOLB TV. I doubt it. I, I feel like if that was going to happen, we would have heard something by now. Unless miracle, miracle of all miracles, something happens this week. 
It seems like even even though Manfred seemed like he was interested in having that discussion, it doesn't look like anything has been decided, unfortunately. So there's a version of this where maybe this doesn't matter. Maybe the solution is just sign up for MLB TV regardless of where you are because you can watch everything. That's what I'm hoping for. As you mentioned, Apple TV already have set that precedent with their MLS coverage. Yep. So fingers crossed over here that the league does the right thing and just says, like, actually, let's solve this problem for everyone. Or you can make it a bigger problem and put it on Peacock. <laughs> well, not for us, but anybody no, else. Yes. Get, get in and it's just an even more incentive to watch all the poker face. Yes. Streaming now. No, we're not paid, uh, but please, Peacock, pay, yes. pay us. We talk uh, at least such good things about you. Now, <laughs> don't look into our back catalog, but look at us now. We're, we're great. We I love Peacock. Also, HBO Max has been doing <laughs> uh, live streaming yeah. uh, for the international soccer games. That's true. But uh, I've watched some of those streamings live, and yeah, that, that's not good coverage No, I either. agree. It's bad, so. Um, anyway, so yeah, that was a long, uh, long-winded explanation. We're just saying most teams you will not be affected by this bankruptcy. You will be continuing to watch your teams local on Valley Sports. You know, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on what you yes. what your opinion about that is. The current one to to look for is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Right. Everyone else has a That's, deal yep. outside right. of Valley Sports. So uh, we'll see. Basically, uh, we we now that's your update. But yeah, we will have more news as it happens, um, and, and we'll tell you as soon as it happens. Let's move on. But yeah, uh, chapter eleven bankruptcy. Yeah, it happened. Done. Restructure. But yeah, we'll see if it works. Let's move on to the rest of the news this week. There are so many little bits and pieces that we made the bits for you. So this is a. Uh, culmination of stuff that we've talked about in the past. Yes. Now it's coming back around. So, and we start with the BBC. They apologized Wednesday for the scheduling disruptions from, of course, as we reported, the employees' strike, their biggest strike 13 years, which was protested over job losses and changes to local content. They so, did end up striking for 24 yes, hours. The walkout happened, and yes, the BBC's programming was affected. Yep. So yeah, congratulations so, to them. They really proved a point, I think. And they now enter into negotiations again. Right. Until uh, Eurovision, the coronation. Right? The, the, the coronation, coronation right. Is coronation happens, right. and then Eurovision happens. So yeah, that's the next time. So, so uh, this was just a preview. Yes. <laughs> and if they don't want the coronation to happen just like this. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody's that excited about it anyways. No, um, actually people are waiting for the opposite to happen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, speaking of strikes... The crew strike, specifically the post-production crew strike on Saturday Night Live, is averted. The tentative agreement will result in pay increases of up to 60% ahead of a three-year deal. It also includes ratification bonuses, health care benefits, which was their biggest sticking point, mm -hmm. guarantees of employer-paid meals, transportation, and hotel accommodations for employees working long shifts with short turnarounds. And I imagine on a weekly show... Those turnarounds are always short. Oh, yes. So, yes, congratulations uh, to a successful negotiation on the behalf of the post-production editors over on SNL. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, they were planning on striking on April 1st, I believe was the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the April 1st show. So, yeah. And guess He's who playing. they just announced as the April 1st host? Oh, I don't know who. Quinta Brunson. Hey! Oh, that's great. Yes. I actually have to watch that one. Uh, cool. So, yeah, good for them. Uh, successful strike. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. YouTube television, YouTube TV specifically, um, is back in the news again. 
for the same reason as always, hey, you want to pay more? Because they would love for you to pay more. Well, you're going to pay more. 12% more. Uh, The TV package, which is basically their streaming cable alternative, Mm -hmm. is now up to $72.99 a month. So, there's an asterisk here. This is the base package. This does not include the 4K add-on. However, if you want that 4K add-on, you're going to pay slightly less than you used to. It is going down from $19.99 extra a month to only $9.99 extra a month. So that means a grand total of $82 or $82 roughly. $82 um, for a month if you want all of YouTube TV plus 4K content. And YouTube Red or Premium or whatever they call it. Right, yeah, bundled into that. This is interesting because, of course, this presages their NFL Sunday ticket Mm add-on coming later this year. That will also probably be an additional fee. Yep. I would imagine that's also probably going to be $9.99 a month. Probably. So, yeah, you're going to spend nearly, like, you're going to spend probably over $90 $100. $100. Uh, to to watch all of that if you're a football fan. So get ready to just give your wallet a month. A month. A month. A month. So get ready. And then, meanwhile, in the streaming world, Netflix has beat a defamation lawsuit from a retired police officer over the Making a Murderer series. So this was the lawsuit that came out three years ago when Making okay. Murder came out right. about one of the cops that they interviewed saying that he felt it was defamation because they put ominous music <laughs> over what he was saying. And the way they were editing made it look like he was guilty of tampering evidence. Damn. But the judge ended up <laughs> saying that ominous music doesn't count as manipulating what you're saying because you're still saying it. Right, you're still saying the things you said. Yes, and um, the way it's edited falls under free speech. Yeah, it's tricky. And the second point was they didn't come out and say, you did this or we're accusing (laughs) you of this. Right. It just led people to that conclusion. Yeah, I guess this really added to like um, the line between those two things is really small and Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, they just couldn't prove it. So, yeah, I guess uh, sucks for that guy. Well, I mean, he just has to pay his lawyer fees now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of paying uh, lawyer fees, we're going to pay our dues here yes. as we finished some television and started some television this week. Uh, we'll keep The Last of Us for last, I think. And yes. And we'll, we'll wrap that up into a tiny little package for y'all. But first... What else did you watch this week? So, speaking of lawyer fees, yes. uh, the good doctor Sorry, had no, a no, no, yes, no, yes. That's not what it says here. Yes, the good doctor had a special episode this uh, past week, okay, in which they um, premiered and kind of shoehorned in a pilot episode for their <laughs> spinoff, The Good Lawyer. Ah, I see. Yes. So, The Good Lawyer may or may not be a television show coming in the fall. <laughs> uh, it had their premiere. Had a a premiere. This past week, and if ratings or people think it's good, they'll put it to series for a new show in the fall. Uh, this stars Felicity Huffman as the, not the good lawyer, but rather the uh, mentor lawyer. Uh, the good lawyer is uh, Nancy Drew. Oh. The girl who did Nancy Drew right, in the yes. CW series. Okay. I forget what her name was. Yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, she's the good lawyer. Okay. And she doesn't have autism. Like the good doctor has. No. She has OCD. Aha. That is the twist here, or the hook. Got it. Is that um, she has OCD. Um, Her thing is that she has to tap three times for good things to happen. And will freeze up if things don't go her way. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
as far as a premise, I think there's a lot of good stuff in it. I think it definitely needs to be polished out. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, good stuff in it where, uh, like, the client is explaining what's happening, and then she'll stop him and be like, wait, that didn't happen because of this or this or, like, but someone said this happened. Uh, you know, being a lawyer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a good... Uh, it's a good way to introduce the way the good doctor does it of, well, he, like, sees the medical books and puts pieces together. Mm. She sees the crime or the, um, what's happened from the, from her client play out and sees it all pieced together. Okay. That's the same kind of concept, um, dealing with both, like, personal struggles as well as legal struggles mm-hmm. as well. You know, being seen for the good lawyer that you are and not just someone who is um, being handicapped because of your conditions. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's fine. I don't know if Felicity Huffman is, should be on the good lawyer, especially since she was just in the big legal scandal for uh, <laughs> colleges. Well, she's not the good lawyer. <laughs> no. No, she's the mentor. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but other than that, it's fine. It flows right in with the good doctor in that kind of like uh, drama, um, procedural, procedural kind of lawyer drama. Right. Um, I kind of missed that with uh, We the People when it was on <laughs> on ABC. Right. So, okay. might be good. Uh, if we get to check the series, yeah, I'll check it, it out uh, when it comes into the fall. But mm-hmm. this has been kind of their shoehorn of a little Trojan horse, Trojan yeah. horse pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they Plenty do put the that, yeah. yeah, so when they do, so when they do the um actual series or like yes. spin-off. I believe the term is backdoor pilot. Back, it's called back, yes. backdoor pilot. So yeah, this is their attempt. It's their attempt. We'll see if it works. Yeah. In the meantime, you got your reality show on. Yes. Um I was able to watch Outlast. Outlast. This is the thing everyone's talking about on on the internet right now. <laughs> well I haven't seen anybody talking about it. But uh this, we're in different parts of the internet I guess. Yes. This is reality show. Yes. This is Netflix reality show where they take um, 16 contestants, place them into the Alaskan wilderness, oh. and say, survive. Oh, boy. Okay. That's it. So it's Survivor. Uh, no. No? It's not Survivor. Okay. Because there are no games. Okay. There is only, there's only two rules. One, outlast everybody. Right. Two... You must stay within these set parameters. <laughs> yeah, can't just leave. You can't just like keep wandering up up the mountain sure. upstream. Um, <laughs> and then that's pretty much it. Those are the only two rules. Okay. Um, How do you get eliminated? You have to eliminate yourself. Oh, you just give up? Yes. Okay, so they're, they're relying like, on everybody giving up. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so because they're set in the wilderness, they're each uh, their sixteen players are just randomly meeting on this wilderness patch. A Drop comes down, um, each with four sets of tools for each four teams. They immediately have to split up into four teams, like, without knowing anybody. Right. They're just, hey. Strangers. Like, you, me, here, now. Like a group project in Science Lab. Oh, except it's utter, utter chaos. Because, <laughs> just like a group project in Science Lab. Yeah, and you get just the team at the end who, like, doesn't go with everyone, so they have to be grouped together. <laughs> just like a group in Science <laughs> Lab. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Little things. Yes. <laughs> so they're split up into four teams. So 16 players, four teams, and you are meant to survive as the team. Okay. Now, you yourself can choose to be eliminated, 
if it gets too tough, if you can't take it anymore, it's like if right, you get out. sick mm-hmm. and you want to uh, and you need to be uh, removed from the game, you can shoot a flare gun oh. and they will come and get you. Come and get you. Okay. That is the only way to leave the game, <laughs> to shoot the flare gun and be eliminated. Otherwise, you are still a part of the game. Got it. Okay. And it is chaos. Think Sounds like it. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, no thank you. This is the exact kind of thing that I just do not want to watch. Oh, but all the manipulation, all the head games. <laughs> Lisa! Oh, Lisa! <laughs> Just the manipulation, the downright like editing of everything just mm-hmm. ratchets it up the tension. I put this on as just a thing to like, okay, let me check out the first half hour of this. It looks like a dumb survival thing. And then Doctor comes in and she's like, hey, what's this thing? And all of a sudden the women were kicking ass and she's like, <laughs> oh, oh, what is this thing? I'm interested <laughs> now. Yeah. So we ended up watching the whole thing in like Man. two days. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, and it's chaos. It's utter, complete chaos. Sounds like it. I don't know if it's actually good because it's at, by the end, it seems like the producers, once they were able to whittle down people, that the people that they had left were just going to survive outright. But winter was coming in mm-hmm. and you can't camp there in the winter. So they had to find some way to make everyone like compete in the final prize so that way they could get everyone out before winter came in and they'd just be stuck there. Jeez. Because they were woefully underprepared for winter. Sort of sounds like it. Um, but yeah, if you want to see how you cannot survive in the Alaskan wilderness and how these people somehow managed to survive... Uh, that is Outlast on Netflix. All right, well, check that out if that's uh, up your alley. Not to be confused with the other Outlast TV series. Right, different. Yes. <laughs> that's what confuses me at first. I think maybe, that's Prime Video, you right? You just call that thing Outlast, but I guess you can. Yes. Anyway, so that's that. Now, something completely different. Hey, Ted Lasso is back. Hey, Ted Lasso's back. Yeah, the reason to get Apple TV Plus, uh, Ted Lasso returns for its third season. Uh, the first episode is Up. Uh, we left uh, our our hero uh, being faced with an adversary that used to be a friend. Um, but we also left with our hero finally conquering uh, his personal league and personal health. Yeah, more or less. Um, and being promo- <laughs> the team being promoted back into the Premier yes. League. So uh, yeah, the the season kind of starts with that as the as the dressing. Uh, you get to see all of your favorite characters and get an update about where they're at. And then yeah, it's a good start. I think um, I'm not really sure where exactly this season will go. Um, it looks like it's going to be a little bit more of an underdog story, just like the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, all the kind of the pieces are in place now. It's just a matter of what where they go. Yep. Also keeping that positive attitude yeah, uh, that's in the tense. face of adversity. That's the whole thing. That's the whole bit. And he's still doing the bit. I'm just wondering if there's maybe some cracks starting to show in that bit, though, and uh, maybe there's going to be a dark turn sometime soon. We'll see. Will he be bitten by the um, <laughs> by the need for success? Maybe. Who or knows? will he be pushed by the need of success by uh, his boss? But yeah, we'll see, uh, because yeah, things are starting to get tense. So yeah, um, the season will continue from here on on a weekly basis. So uh, yeah, we'll see how the... 
I believe this is it, right? This is the final season. Yep, they've announced that this is the final season. Um, So we'll see how they wrap it all up. uh, While you're watching Ted Lasso, you can also watch all of Shrinking. Right, yeah, that's done now. Uh, That will be done next week. Next week. Yes, next week is episode 10, the finale. I'll talk about my thoughts on it next week. But in the meantime, there's one show we uh, wrapped up this week as well, and that is The Last of Us. Which only had nine episodes. So we don't have much to talk about here because last week we kind of already set our piece. Um, but the final episode did air. Uh, we have now seen it. And it wrapped up, hey, just like the video game did. Um, we were kind of talking about this pre-pod, but like, we have a little bit of a bias here because we already knew what was going to happen. And so, I don't know, it was all right, but it was more or less what I expected. Um, yeah, there were certain points throughout the story uh, that they told that were very, I won't say video game gimmicky, but yeah. shot for shot of what happened in the video game. It's felt a little too video gamey uh, to me. There's a whole extended sequence of, wait, am I just playing this now? Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of rem- reminded me of, remember the Doom movie with The Rock? Yes, where, where it goes into sequence? first person. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but I got some vibes. And honestly, I'm not sure where I what I feel about it by the end of it. I really like the first half of this season is I think where I've landed. Mm-hmm. The second half just felt a little rushed for me. Um, it felt like they were trying to get to beats really quickly and so they glazed over a lot of things. I feel like Joel and Ellie's relationship is really weird by the end of that thing. And he like, Joel goes into like super dad mode mm-hmm. and there's not really a whole, like basically he wakes up from being hurt and from Ellie recovering, like like helping him recover, and then all of a sudden he's like, also it's the finale. The night, and all of a sudden he's like the nicest dad to her in the world. And it's like, what the hell happened? There should have been, <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason I say this is nine episodes because it yeah. should have been ten. That yeah. ninth episode should have been just a Joel and Ellie episode, right? Where he obviously becomes the father, obviously like cares for her. I feel like there needed to be one more beat in between, and their... then it ends when they get yeah. captured. There needs to be one more beat, I think, of them like bonding a little bit more mm-hmm. for that to feel earned for me yeah and it just it feels like they skipped over it and then ellie's already starting to freak out and it's like okay well yeah that happens in the game too where she's like basically she freezes up towards the end there because mm-hmm. she's not sure exactly what her fate will be and then she kind of owns it which is of course what adds the the drama to that ending right which is because well was ellie really choosing her fate or was joel choosing it for her and then like he kind of forces her hand in a weird way. Wait, you mean the man chose for the woman? Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. I'm, yeah, and again, I think that it would be interesting to have somebody whose uh, perspective who has not played um, the game and see how they thought that the ending landed. Um, anecdotal evidence seems to say that people who have not played the game seem to be pretty high on it. That being said, uh, yeah, I would be curious. So if you have not played The Last of Us and you've watched the show, please email us and give us your feedback mediabookpodcast at gmail.com is that email address uh, because yeah it's it was a weird feeling for me i mean i still think it was a well-made show i think i still think that they hit the beef they needed to and narratively um it did feel like a complete package with still leaving a lot enough questions for people who are curious about a second season also this week they confirmed that the second season will not necessarily be the entirety of part two story but just a portion, yeah. which implies that maybe that'll give them some time to really let that stuff stretch and let really live in that world, which is something I felt like the second half of the season did not do. I think they're going to need to because the way part two ends, <laughs> it immediately jumps I still locations. Don't, I don't even understand how they're going to do the time jump, honestly. 
Yeah. Like, Bella Ramsey looks pretty young. <laughs> I just, I mean, hey, you know what? Uh, they'll figure it out because, they'll of course, they will, out. but I'm just like, geez. Makeup. Yeah, makeup. makeup. Makeup can go a long way, I suppose. You know she's not an actual 14-year-old girl, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so... Um, I don't know. I thought I enjoyed it. I think it's probably going to do well at the Emmys. Um, that being said, not my favorite show of the year. I think it's already. I think it did some smart things and started really strong. I think that, that yeah, that uh, that third episode is going to be that Emmy is going to yes. be the Emmy favorite. I mean, but beside that though, I was a little disappointed with how it wrapped up. I wasn't because, like I said, we have played the video game, yeah. so we kind of know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some cool, interesting things that they did, especially with the Henry storyline. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of cool stuff that they tried to expound. Like you said, episode three um, is a big departure from the game. Yeah. Yes. yes. So when it's at its best is when it's not following the game yeah. point for point, I've shot for shot. I've heard that take a lot. That's what Craig Mason <laughs> does. He yeah. purposely like is great at pulling, yeah. uh, acting... And drama I and tyrannous out of people. I just wish that there was more of that in the last few episodes. But then you have Neil Druckmann saying, no, right. it has to be this way. Right. He's like, well, we have to get back to the story, is probably. He was just in his ear constantly being like, yeah, but what about the story? That's not how I wrote it. Right. That's not how they acted it. So less Druckmann, I think, next time, maybe, uh, which sucks because I feel like he's all over that part too, which is why I really didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's The Last of Us Season 1. I will uh, have your write-up on the site uh, later today. I'll okay. post that. Uh, you finished up your write-up. So yeah, I'll, I'll post that up so you can read his thoughts on MediaBoatPodcast.com. All right, anything else in TV that we need to talk about? Uh, we'll be, be watching a lot of sports yeah. this upcoming week. Um, we'll talk about shrinking next week. Okay. Uh, the Bad Batch finished. Um, I don't know if I'm going to actually give my thoughts on it because it's... Season two is pretty much very much like season one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you like season one, you'll like season two. If you didn't, it's going to be more like Disney animated shows. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I did end up catching one episode of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur on okay. Disney. Okay, how's that? Uh, that art style. <laughs> Everything's just copying uh, Amazing Spider- or, uh, Spider-Verse style okay. now. All right, all right. Um, moves very fast, especially for a Disney show. Interesting. Uh. I still maybe we watched the beginning of how Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl have, like even are a thing, <laughs> but uh, the episode I watched it was like oh this is actually kind of fun and yeah. I can kind of get into this. Disney Animation's on fire right now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, they just you don't have this, but they announced that there will indeed be a second season of The Ghost and Molly McGee after oh. I thought it was canceled. They are bringing it back. It will premiere on um, on April first on Disney, uh, and then the day a day after they're going to do a day after thing for Disney Plus. Okay, so you can just watch it on streaming. So that'll that'll be good because I feel like people missed out on that first season. <laughs> yeah, no. So if it's anything that that kind of vibe, I might check out uh, uh, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur today. Maybe, I know Christy's Christy was interested in it, uh, so maybe we'll to watch that today. It moves really, really fast. Sounds good to me. I'm ready for that kind of thing right now. Especially after The Last of Us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the complete opposite, polar opposite totally. Ready for a palate cleanser. Yes. Speaking of palate cleansers, uh, The Bachelor is uh, two weeks out from its wrap-up. So yep. I will maybe have some things to say about that. It's the, been the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad we're watching it because it's the kind of stupid that's just like a train wreck you can't look away from. It is one of the stupidest TV shows I've ever seen. 
week in, week out. I'll just watch the finale. But I just I want it. I just want to know what happens because this guy, this guy from Anaheim Hills, is the dumbest sack of rocks. <laughs> and He's from Survey. What do you expect? <laughs> do you, you have, you have, had, you probably will. Hmm, I wonder if you played football against him. Well, no, because he was. Uh, like the like generation after. Me. Oh, really? So you yeah. didn't have any crossover with? Well, because I graduated in '08, he graduated yeah. in '12. Oh, so there was exactly four years. So exactly. Four so years. you wouldn't have had any yeah. overlap. That sucks. Because it would have been so funny if you could say like, "I tackled that guy." <laughs> <laughs> I tackled the bachelor. No, there was there's no overlap in those four years. Yeah, so close though, so close. Anyway, but yeah, he's such an idiot. It's been so funny to make fun of him. We've been doing this thing where ever, after every website we look up um, uh, uh, some website. I forget what website Christy goes to, but a recap. Yeah. And we just read the recap and just laugh along with these people <laughs> talking about how stupid this whole thing is. It's ridiculous. Hey, they're trying to find love. In a are very, they? In a very hopeless place. Yeah, are they? We'll see. All right. Let's move on to cancellation center renewals. What am I no longer watching? You're no longer watching Three Pines on Prime Video as it has been canceled after one season. I don't even know what that was. A League of Their Own, Back from the Dead. Four episode, or sorry, a second season has been confirmed, but will only be four episodes, so it's a truncated second season. They're just going to let them wrap it up with four episodes. Yeah, and that's all they're getting. That's it. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what they do, uh, because I enjoyed that first season. It wasn't one of my favorite shows last year, but uh, definitely uh, was fun to watch. And so, yeah, I'm curious about what they do with the second season, or all four episodes of it. Good. Next up, Prime Video is bringing back Citadel for a second season. The aforementioned uh, uh, Bachelor Nation will get their new Bachelorette for a 20th time. And that will be this summer. And they announced who it was, uh, uh, a competitor on this current Bachelor uh, who has just eliminated uh, Charity. It will be her uh, as the Bachelorette. We're, we're okay with Charity as a pick. She's fine. She's fine. It's a, is it a Charity pick? <laughs> no, no, no. She's genuinely a nice girl, just a little boring. Um, so yeah, we were more hoping... boring than the boring guy. Yeah, somehow we were hoping for one of the more interesting women to be chosen, but they were not. So right. we'll see. Then, uh, if you're a soap opera fan, you'll know that Days of Our Lives will never stop. Sure enough, getting two more seasons streaming only on Peacock, bringing it to a 60th season. That's a lot of soap opera. Yeah, but yeah. it's all on Peacock. So if you want to watch it. Can you imagine if you watched every single episode, you've got to be like in your 70s at this point? Yeah. That's wild to me. Willow on Disney Plus canceled after just one season. Oh, like no. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah, it wasn't enough of a cult hit to continue. And not enough people, I guess, cared about Willow. Yep. Speaking of Back from the Dead, F Boy Island somehow <laughs> survives being killed by HBO Max and shows up on, get this, the CW? Maybe. For third season. Maybe. Maybe. If the CW is even still around by the time it airs. It's interesting because I didn't think they were in any position to make deals like this, but here it is. I wasn't aware they were in a position for F-Boy Island to have a third season. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how they're going to do this on network TV. <laughs> like, uh, sure, go for it, CW. As the article says, good luck explaining to your 60-year-old parents what an F-Boy is. Yeah, on the CW. Wow, amazing. Peacock is bringing back Bel Air for a third season as well. So there you go. Those are your new releases. Sorry, cancellations and renewals. Yes. <laughs> Whatever this category is. And then a couple of deaths this week. Raleigh Crump, age 93, an animator for Disney, worked on Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, and 101 Dalmatians. Uh, one of the, um, was it, Imagineers. 
Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Also, an addition, he was also in addition, in addition, in addition to animation. Yes, okay, he, so he was an Imagineer. Design stuff for the parks. It designed stuff for the animators. Oh, or for, for the uh, okay. one of the character designers. Okay, cool. And then also the sad one that hit yesterday, Lance Reddick, age sixty. A name you probably don't recognize, but a voice you definitely recognize. Oh, I definitely recognize his name as well. But yes, he's been in a lot of stuff. Most notably, The Wire, uh, the John Wick films. Even in video games, doing voiceover for games like Destiny 2 and Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a main character, actually, in Destiny. Uh, so it's like they're going to have to figure something out with, uh, with that pretty soon here. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely will be missed. Uh, strong performances, memorable voice, as you said. Um, just seems like an all-out nice guy, too. There was a tweet I saw yesterday where, um, I guess it, one year, uh, Keanu Reeves, it was his birthday, and he what he wanted more than anything, he got, literally asked his girlfriend, "Hey, let's visit Lance Reddick," <laughs> and so they just hung out, hung out. And Lance, like, had said apparently he was like super, th- like, thrown off by it. He was like, "Wow, I just it was so touching that someone was genuinely, yeah, I just I respect you and I like you and I want to hang out with you." And he was just like, "You don't hear that a lot," and mm-hmm. so he was like really touched by that moment. So it goes to show you, uh, just really stand up guy, really really good guy. And so. uh, John Wick Chapter 4 just had its um, L.A. premiere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it'll be coming out next month. So, yeah. Just, uh, just a rough one. And Sixty's really young. So, mm-hmm. just makes it all the rougher. So, yes. R.I.P. to Lance Reddick. Let's move on to the movie section here as we start to wrap up the show. And we always start with the weekend box office numbers. Your number one movie is... Ah! Scream 6 with $44 million in its debut. So congratulations again. Scream movies are hot again. Um, Christy and I are still trying to get through. Uh, we, we watched Scream 1. We need to start continue through the series to get to these new ones. You're going through the screams? We're going through the screams. All right. She wanted to see them for the first time. Number two uh, in the box office this week is Creed 3 uh, with another $27 million. That's to, adding to a $101 million total domestic. So congratulations right to Michael B. Jordan. Yep. You are one for one for $100 million films. Good job. Good job. Number three, 65, with $12 million in this debut. Not uh, enough people will care about 65. Um, yes, Adam Driver beating dinos. Yeah. Only $12 million. Only 12 Number four, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, with another $7.1 million. That's almost at two hundred at one ninety eight. It'll hit two hundred next weekend. And then right at your top five, Cocaine Bear with another $6.2 million. That's at 51. And in case you're wondering about your other debut this week, Champions, $5.1 million at number six. Womp womp. Womp womp. Sorry, Champions. Upcoming this week, as you mentioned, John Wick Chapter 4 is your big release. Yeah, so I thought that was next month. Okay, because it's this week. So yeah, uh, if you're ready to continue the John Wick adventures, Chapter 4 is almost here. So, look forward to that. Next, as we move into movie news. I don't know what you want to do first. Yeah, let's just roll right into Oscars. Yes, the Oscars were last week. We did our Oscar prediction show last week. And you know what? We did all right. I believe uh, us combined, the four of us, we got everything correct. I believe we were 100% accurate. No, there was one that we missed. One, okay. Do you remember which one that was? No. The one that everyone missed. Oh, Angela Bassett losing. Yes, Angela Bassett losing. So Jamie Lee Curtis's win was probably the biggest surprise, but honestly, not really, because the theme of the night was 
everything everywhere all at once is going to win nearly everything. Yep. They were the big winner on Sunday with seven wins of the night, including, of course, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Lead Actress, both Supporting Actor Awards, Best Editing, Best Original Screenplay. So pretty much everything except for Original Song. Yes. Um, which we knew it wouldn't win. Which we knew it wouldn't win. In second place was the World War I epic All Quiet on the Western Front, nabbing four wins for Best International Feature, Best Original Score, told you, Best Production Design, and Best Adapted Screenplay. So I was wrong about that one. Other winners <laughs> include Brendan Fraser, who took home Best Lead Actor for The Whale, Navalny for Best Documentary, Natu Natu for Best Original Song, you can gloat, and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio for Best Animated Feature. So, uh, uh, yeah, we did okay. Um, I missed eight total. Um, I think I missed nine missed total. Nine. Uh, so we did all right. But combined, year. we hit yeah. uh, 18 out of the 19. Or 22 out of 23. Yes. Yeah, Not bad at all, yep. considering four people give completely disparate choices in a lot of cases. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, but, yeah, I think ultimately the vibe of the night was... Uh, pretty good like i enjoyed the time it was a good production i felt like it was pretty classy i didn't love all of um all uh, the will Kimmel's smith bits. jokes like but there's a lot of will smith jokes yeah i didn't love that and um overall though i felt pretty strongly about the show this year it seemed like people enjoyed it more right. than previous years uh, viewership um, was up 18 percent over right. last year turns out if you have a movie that people have seen and care about in your best picture nominations people will watch the oscars like top gun Exactly. Um, Lady Gaga doing a stripped-down performance, yeah. which if she did that performance on Top Gun, probably would have won. But because <laughs> that's not the song that they voted for, right. and I see people complain, like, that performance was amazing. Yes, that that's performance was song. amazing, yeah. and that's not the song that they submitted. Yeah, it's tough. The stuff's always weird because you have to interpret it in a way. Uh, but, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, considering that she wasn't even supposed to perform. Right. And, like, decided two days to do it anyway. Before the awards. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, I mean, everything everywhere got the awards it deserved, uh, relatively. Uh, this is me picking up both phones, hey, raising the roof. I was because right with you. One year, literally one year ago, mm-hmm. uh, I saw it in theaters and I was telling literally everyone I, I could give out an ear. To go see everything everywhere all yeah. at once while it was still in theaters. So I, uh, the other thing that happened this week is we re, I, re, I rewatched it. I watched it for a second time now yeah. uh, with uh, Christy. She's seen it for the first time now. Um, I still more or less feel the same. Yeah. Uh, I liked it better the second time, but I still feel like a lot, so much of it is so distracting from the point. It just dwells a little too much on the silly uh, for me to like take a lot of rest of it seriously and to me it's distracting it's a movie that i think has a guitar in the right place but ultimately just doesn't i just it doesn't hit me in the way that it hits everybody else which is probably a me problem and i get that i'm sorry you don't have generational drama like most of us do <laughs> thank god right yes um, you lucky son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> well anyway it's yeah it's um for whatever reason though but i'm still happy about its wins i think it's largely deserved um, despite my own reservations about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, pretty good at Oscars. I enjoyed my time with them. Um, and yeah, it bodes well for the future. Yep. And congratulations to the cast of Encino Man, minus one Polly Shore. <laughs> yeah, where is Polly Shore right now? Of course, yes, there's a, there's a whole other can of worms to get into about whether or not uh, the depiction of um, 
uh, Brendan Fraser's character in the whale should be at, uh, being awarded. Yes. There's a lot of questions there. You know, our use of visual effects technology to simulate something, you know, that, that that's, you know, over such a real issue for a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of conversation there. We do not have time to get into it. Uh, but yeah, but otherwise, congratulations to Brendan Fraser because he just definitely deserves it. Not necessarily maybe for this movie, but as a career award, I think this was earned. I think that he's definitely proven that he's um, an important actor and hopefully we'll get more gigs from here on out. And big congratulations to Michelle Yeoh for winning yes. Best Actress. Yes, I may not uh, have picked her, but um, but yeah, it was it was a, a, another career capping kind mm-hmm. of award for her. And I think all four awards are first time winners too. I believe so. For for acting, correct. Yes. yes. So congratulations to everybody for their Oscar wins. And congratulations to Black Panther for once again winning production design. Yes. Yep. Always. Always. And was that production design or was uh, that a costume? Costumes. Costumes. Sorry. Well, quite much fun with production design. Correct. Yes. All right. Let's move on out of the Oscars and into the Writers Guild of America, but not awards this time. No. Let's. Speaking of things that were 15 years ago. Yes. Members have voted overwhelmingly to approve a pattern of demands for the Guild's upcoming film and TV contract negotiations, with are set to begin March 20th. That's Monday. Yes. Or this upcoming Monday, as of this recording. The WGA's current contract with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers expires May 1st amid growing concerns about another possible writer's strike. The latest vote is also in line with the balloting for the demands that ultimately led to the WGA's 100-day strike back in 2007 to 2008, when 96% of the members have voted to approve them. I think now it's 98% as of the latest voting. So here's the pattern of demands broken down into three categories. They want increased compensation and residuals, increased contributions to pension plans and their health fund, and to regulate professional standards and protection in the employment of writers and their contracts. Now, those are the three main points. They're all broken down. You can find this on Variety. um, Of each point broken down into five separate points, but those are the three main sticking points that they are fighting for right now. And once again, just like with the SNL strike, (laughs) we see increased contribution to pension and health fund. Yes, healthcare, big deal. Uh, People want their healthcare, and writers should get it too. So, like what happened in 2007 and 2008, a strike is possible here if the negotiations go south. Mm-hmm. If they will not, like, uh, uh, if the um, Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers do not comply with these, uh, with this statement of uh, pattern of demands, then yeah, then there is a possibility that we will have a strike. And a writer's strike does super like, does a lot of damage to programming for television, especially. We saw how it affected the 2008 television season. Uh, yes. If you want to see it affect a very specific show, yes. go look at the retrospective of Heroes right. when it was at its height in 2006-2007, and because of the writer's strike, yes. immediately fell off the face of the earth. Or if you want to have some fun, go on YouTube and look up clips of... Um, the the uh, of all the talk of all the the late night shows yes in the the during the writers strike and how they basically had to like improv everything because they they couldn't do anything that the writers had written there was a lot of cold opens yeah. where they were asking people from the audience hey like give us some content 
yeah, weird time in pop culture. And so the fact that we might be looking at another one of those is fascinating. Which is also fascinating because it's also yet another time when television is at its height yet again. Yeah. Which, so... you know, when you're at your height, you should be paid at your height. You'd think. You know, You'd uh, think. You know just look at it like NFL contracts and how right. bloated they are right now. Yeah. Well, they might not be better than the people who were getting there, but the gradual steps <laughs> that it took to get here. So we'll see if that happens. We'll, of course, update you with an updated story. If or when, or if and when, uh, depending, uh, whether that happens. So yeah, yep. watch this space. But well, the meantime, we have until, they have until May 1st. Right, so it's going to be potentially a so, while so until we, we find out. We got six weeks. Uh, we got all through April. May 1st is a Monday. Okay, well, the countdown begins. Yep, six weeks of negotiation starts now. All right. Or starts Monday. <laughs> All right, in the meantime, though, that'll do it for movie news. Did we watch any movies this week? Uh, Beyond, no. I guess, watching everything everywhere? Um, <laughs> no, but if you want to watch the best documentary for Navalny, it is available on HBO Max. All right, there you go. All right, well, that will do it then. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Media Boat Podcast. No fan question this week, but if you would like to ask us questions, you can email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. Whether you have questions about uh, our show, feedback about our show, uh, things you want to ask us as people, I don't know, anything, email us there and we will answer it on the show. If you think we got anything wrong in our Taylor tourney. Hey, hey, let us know. Let us hear it. Um, And then in the meantime, there's all sorts of ways you can engage with us on the internet. If you want to watch this show live or in any video form, you can go to YouTube, search for our channel by searching Media Boat Podcast, and you'll find it. Like, comment, subscribe, click the bell for notifications. If you'd like to listen to it old school on a podcast feed, well, we got you there too. Search Media Boat Podcast on any podcast service that you subscribe to, whether it be Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, wherever. Search Media Boat Podcast. That's also where you can find the aforementioned Taylor Turney as we continue into the eras of folklore evermore and Midnights. You can also catch us on social media. On Twitter, we're at MediaBoatCast. Facebook, search Podcast on there and find our page. Twitch, look forward to some streaming. You're going to be streaming Chia on Tuesday on Twitch. Or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when it actually comes out. That's on Twitch.tv slash MediaBoat. Also look forward to maybe on Friday some Resident Evil 4. So uh, yeah. check that out then. Yeah, I'm not sure. It might come out on Friday, but when I, it comes out, when she comes out, yeah, I will we'll stream it. Yeah, same same thing for Frozen Evil. As soon as we get a copy of it, we'll try to put it on there. And then, uh, yeah, uh, tune in next week, of course, for another show just like this. Yep, we'll have more news, more thoughts, wrap-up of some shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, might even listen to that uh, Lana Del Rey album. And maybe I'll go to the tunnel under Ocean. No, I'm not going to go to the tunnel under Ocean Boulevard. All right, see you guys next time. Yep. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Bye. Okay, bye.